0: His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message.
1: Well, I feel so at home, and I know because Jesus feels at home here. And we have two homes. Like, this is a totally a kingdom uh, display of what the kingdom of God is. is not, you know, my church, but it's God's church. So I really honor you guys for coming Sunday morning. Uh, of course, to so this evening we're going to have a party, <laughs> blow-up party, like, and our brother's going to lead us and true kingdom spirit. Amen. Um, I, I also like to honor all our f- financial partners. So if you've been partnering gl- together with uh, the church or, or b- from yourself, would you please stand up if you've been partnering in a monthly way or or once in a while way, or whatever way, <laughs> once in a while, <laughs> every, month. every month, yeah, yeah. I know another church does, but yeah. just let's just honor these supporters because we we couldn't do it without them <laughs> we literally we literally cannot cannot do what we're doing, like I cannot do it without my wife, I mean, to be told honestly, like I'm not trying to you know exalt her or anything, but without her I and plain, old, not complete. Like major stuff was missing <laughs> from my life, without me even knowing. Like I thought I'm pretty good, you know. And I mean, I got saved, you know, and and the Lord changed me in so many ways, right? So I'm just, I'm doing really good, and in 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 just overall, and. Even in especially in a, on a financial way, because I grew up communist, Marxist trained as Marxist, and Marxists are st- <coughs> stingy. They're like thieves. They they appear to be like like benevolent and generous, <laughs> and they're gonna help the poor. Uh, and how they're gonna do it? They're gonna kill all the rich people, get their money, and keep it. <laughs> and <laughs> And just make everybody slaves. I mean, this is exactly in a very kind of a r- rough but simple way explaining. So please don't ever fall for this communist idea or socialist even. Socialist is a preparation for communists. The communism uh, was invented by uh, a, 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 actually a Jewish man, but he has some problem with God. I don't know what was wrong with him. His name is Karl Marx. He had just chip on his shoulder about God. So the whole thing is motivated by hate for God, honestly. If you don't believe me, I know you do, but just in case you're wondering, am I exaggerating? (laughs) Uh, Nowadays you don't have to go to the Library of Congress or somewhere to search these rare books. Google (laughs) uh, Karl Marx's poetry, because the poetry reveals what's in the heart. So, okay, we know the, the Marxist and Communist Manifesto about how he explains that the world be changed, there'll be virtu- virtually heaven on earth because without God, he himself is God. But, anyways, when you read his poetry, you realize that he's um, hating God. Like he says in his poetry, "I hate you. I, I I'll, I'll destroy." You. No, he says, "I'll hurt you." He can't destroy God, but he can hurt you. He can hurt God by destroying the people that you created for your glory. This is a quote from. This yeah, poetry. So, anyways, uh, I didn't mean to go into explaining <laughs> the 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 evil of socialism and, and Marxism. Socialism was created as a medi- mediator season between capitalism and communism. Actually, in in the full development of communism, communism w- w- was supposed to be cashless society. So no money needed because no reward is needed. You know. Because the communists are so just amazingly benevolent and, and, and uh, <laughs> so like unselfish and so, you know, love everybody else. So they go to, go get up in the morning, go to work, they work the, the darn they give everything you got. They come home and on the way home, if they need something to eat or, or a shirt to buy because the shirt is worn out, they just come in the store, get that whatever they need. And, and, and they go home. They don't need to pay because th- there's no money needed. Like, uh, that's just there. So uh, it's like no rewards needed because, you know, God is a God of a reward. He's a rewarder. And that's God. Like, he, he, he made up that. up. He invented rewards. Like, to him, you got to be rewarded. Well, some people get more reward. You ever read the, the gospel where Jesus talks about giving talents? to different people, like one is like one talent, one is five or 10 or something. And whoever invested and developed their gifts in, and the more they developed, the more they got, the more praise they got. I mean, that's God talking, this is not like me. I'm going, really, wow. And so the way, the guy that didn't make any money from the money he gave or the talents, right? he took even what barely had and gave it to the guy who had the most. It's like, it sounds unfair, but go argue with God. (laughs) Did <laughs> he ask him to explain it to you? Because I, I was personally like, really? Wow. That's kind of unfair because I, w- I grew up Marxist. And Marxist says it's not fair that some people got more and some people got less. And so there's like, we're going to fix that. We're going to kill all the people that have more, <laughs> basically. Kill every capitalist. In fact, they were killing uh, people who just had glasses. Like, if you see somebody with glasses, just shoot them. Don't even have trial or nothing because... They're troubled people. If they have glasses, it means that they read. But back then, not everybody had glasses. Nowadays, it's like everybody. But back then, only few people could afford glasses, and uh, they meant that they're rich people or wealthy, and they are smart. So kill all the smart people. <laughs> Anyways, I gotta laugh, cause like, um, because there's good news. The good news is the world doesn't belong to the stingy it belongs to the generous, and, th- and the communists basically, at least in my country, in the Eastern Europe, they went bankrupt, I don't know if you knew that. They just couldn't pay their bills, <laughs> because they don't, <laughs> they don't spend right, they, they rob Peter to, to give to Paul, that kind of a thing, and they basically rob their right to get themselves so the money, and, and, and so I grew up in that society that was perverted like that. By the way, not everybody's in communist countries, like minority, like maybe 5%, maybe six, communists. The rest, of everybody's n- normal. And, <laughs> and so, <laughs> anyway, um, I grew up in that s- s- mindset, and so therefore I have never given anything in my entire life, because communists don't give, they just take. They don't teach about giving, they're not generous, they, they're like stingy, like I said, they're hoarding and they're controlling. So coming to America, got born again, and the first thing that the people that led me to the Lord were talking to me about giving, generosity. Not the first thing, but one of the, the first things I, I remember teaching me that I need to learn to give now that I'm a Christian. I go, okay. So my first money income as a, as a born-again believer was um, a check from the government like it was in uh, like in April, I got saved around March and the first money could d- didn't have a job at the moment. I was traveling to the you know, way to Hollywood and so forth. And so the first check was $500 from the government for taxes that I've paid. And I guess I paid a little too much and then uh, I got this check, Oh wow, I got this money. And so the first thing I did is took $50 out of the out of the 500, I cashed it and got $50, because I, uh, l- I heard about tithing, you know, like 10% or something, oh, okay, so let's get the $50, and I, the whole row of the people that led me to Jesus, was like a half a dozen guys, so I said, let's go to the Mexican restaurant, and because they they witnessed to me with food, not just talking, but cooking, because talking wasn't working very well. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I don't speak English or whatever, which I didn't, you know, so, <laughs> all you're talking about this Jesus is Jesus, it's, uh. <laughs> Whatever, because like the, you know, there's no no God, of course. This I'm raised that way, but the food talked to me really well. Like, <laughs> like I'm looking for <laughs> today's food, because uh, Ron and I are really on a on a page with a keto diet and no sugar, but fat and eating and know, cheese and all that stuff and good meat. So I'm looking forward to a nice fat meal. <laughs> yeah. I'm already thinking about that. So, <laughs> anyways, but. But that's how I got saved. I got saved not just m- witnessing like the mouth, but with the, with the belly. My, they were witnessing to my belly. And my mind kept saying, of course there's no God. My belly goes, oh, yes, there is. Get back in there. I'm going to eat. <laughs> so it's like, like that. And guess who won? My belly. I mean, you, you got to realize how important your belly is. I know the brain is important, you know, mine and all that, of course, but but uh, basically, uh, they're yet discovering the power of the the, the belly. And when I s- say the belly, I mean the entire, like, liver and kidneys and things like that, the heart, the physical heart, all that has memories. Like, I'm not a scientist, but does anybody know what I'm talking about? So I, I, I'm not making things up. Th- this they're saying like the brain okay, the brain it works and all like thank god. But the heart is connected uh, to it has like a neural 40 40,000 40, neural centers of some sort the intelligence and memory. So it's like a recorder. Mainly the emotional side of things. Uh, uh, that's why we it's often say in my heart I feel this or oh my gut I have like the Gut sense or peace or this and that, because we're pointing in this area where our inner uh, things are, and and all these organs have memories, so they talk to you, you know, hearing in a sense of, but sometimes in 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 your heart say I shouldn't do that or, what do you think, babe? I, I don't feel peace at that, you know, because. Your your this area con- is connected to how you get things and what do you think. And so obviously they connect with the brain. But it's an amazing system God created. And so food, particularly uh, water, food, nutrition ministers to your body, right? And your body talks to your brain. And so when they give witness to you through cooking what they're doing is they're winning you over because your body doesn't lie to you says i like it <laughs> maybe the food is not so healthy but taste is so i like it you know <laughs> hamburgers or chicken fried chicken or, or whatever you know and nowadays we're learning to kind of wean out from the fried stuff but nevertheless tasty food talks man <laughs> and that's how I get that's how I got to, to the reality that maybe there is a God. I, 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 I don't think so, but maybe there is God because there's so much experiences along with, I'm talking about two months of cooking every night. And during the day, I, I mean, I just eat and then I leave because I don't believe in none of that. but my belly about six o'clock keeps me the rings the bell and I'm six o'clock, I'm getting hungry. And I basically w- went for the food, nothing else. Well, of course there was fellowship, and you know they'll pray, whatever that is. And I'm, all right, just let's get to the food. And when I eat, like, yeah, I, I should get going. So okay, come again, you know. And, and uh, by the way, they were also musicians. Not very good, to be honest. You know, I'm <laughs> now, I am a professional musician. I forgot to tell you, uh, I was. Uh, Trained in a violin since I was five years old, I was one of those, uh, you know, kids that very talented. And by six, I was doing my first performance. So it was like one of those. Then I got bored with classical music. Oh. don't don't tell me about classical music. I'm bored, you know. Although it's great. Okay, Just enjoy it if you like it. Please have fun. But. I was I bored as a kid because I had to play it, and it wasn't my choice, okay? It was my mother. My mother made me do it, and so <laughs> the only reason I can play today is because she made me do it. Thank God for my mom, right? <laughs> N- now I'm liking it, but at the time it was no fun, but I wish i played play soccer out there, but I was like <laughs> all in love. So one of those stories. Uh, So what was I talking about that I got into this? <laughs> dev- okay, no, no, the, the music. Okay. So growing up classical. At at one point I'm like, I'm I'm done with this. But but at that time, you know, I was trained to to mm-hmm. think that uh, Lenin is my daddy. Like I did not like Lenin at all. Like a weird guy. But then I heard about another Lennon, John Lennon. I go, I like this guy. She loves you, yay, yeah, yay. yay. <laughs> I like him to be my daddy, like more than the other Lennon. Like so me and three boys started this rock band to be like the Beatles, like the John Lennon and Paul McCartney and stuff. And so we started, and of course, we weren't very good at all, but. How how do you improve that? Nobody can prove that because there was none of the band to compare. So we were it. We were the startup. So they eventually got better. So they put us on national television. And of course, there's only one channel for the whole thing. You can't surface out there. There's nothing else to see. So overnight, the whole country watches. Overnight, you're the number one band. Yeah, right. There's no number two. (laughs) So it was one of those. Yeah, we're the number one. We dominated the charts. (laughs) So... Eventually, uh, we got better. We got very popular, and they—they they realized the communists realized we made a mistake. So they shut us down. I mean, publicly in front of our fans. I mean, embarrassing for teenagers, right? But the good thing is that that pushed me. That very embarrassment and frustration pushed me, and I thought I should escape. I should get out of here. Of course, you have to cross the Iron Curtain, which is dangerous. So people died there. But anybody remember the Iron Curtain? Berlin Wall, right, This whole, the whole Europe was divided. So I managed to escape, got to America, headed for Hollywood for my career. And uh, got to Hollywood, very disappointed. I saw it from the street, you know, not from whatever, Beverly Hills, but from Hollywood and Vine, the boulevard with the stars. And I thought, stars and this and Stars in my eyes I and I'll arrive, and, th- and the stars are dirty. <laughs> There's puke on them from the winos. There's hair and shooting in the corners, uh, in Hollywood, prostitutes walking in those stars. So I go, f- man, this is, this is not what I was thinking, and I was hoping, and certainly not worth while risking my life for this. Like, to be here, I, I risk my life, and that's not worth risking and dying for this. And at that point, where I was like really, really, my dreams are crashing. And I said, wh- what am I gonna do? Like, if this music is not, this music world is not turning out to be what I was you know, envisioning. And, and right at that lowest point, like I think I made a mistake, but there's no way to fix it because if I go back to Bulgaria, I, I'll get in prison because I escaped illegally and all this. And right at that time, the, the Jesus people Ron was talking about being saved. You guys kind of in the same period, right? At least you were, right? Around the early 70s. Started around late 60s and then early 70s. Still kept going for a while. And and I was part of that Jesus people revival. The Jesus junkies. (laughs) Or the Jesus freaks. Whatever you want to call it. But these guys were out in the street in your face saying, Jesus loves you. He He really does. (laughs) He died for you. And I'm going... What are you on man like what kind of a new drug is this that <laughs> makes you silly and whatever <laughs> I was kind of like you thinking what are they on like looking at me and Winnie ah. <laughs> right <laughs> same thing I was I was thinking about these guys they're weird I'm like what really? are you that happy what kind of a drug is that mine mine don't quite make me that happy you know <laughs> but anyways. No, it's not a drug, it's Jesus. Jesus so says, okay, <laughs> whatever. But the food made saved the day because <laughs> they invited me for a meal afterwards and, and that worked really good. Yeah. So so but the funny story, because there's a lot of musicians and you uh, relate to this, but before the meal they decide to witness to me through their music. Okay, he doesn't talk well, he doesn't understand well. So let's just he's a musician, so let's impress him. So they got their little guitar thing, and a flute, and piano, and jam and so they're playing. And I'm in I'm, I'm the only audience, sitting there, and, then, and, and I'm looking at them, and I'm going, <laughs> um, hey, the guitar man, would you stop and tune your guitar, please? Because, <laughs> like, it's not in tune. <laughs> but the guy kept going like it's perfectly fine. I'm like, what is wrong with him? <laughs> and, you know, things like that bother me when it's a professionally trained. So, I mean, I had a, my first teacher in violin was blind. He could not see, but he could hear the everything. He, he can hear the sound of my violin. Uh, it had to be always perfectly tuned. Uh, when you when you put your finger on it, you gotta be in the right spot. Or it's like, you fly, your shop and he would just go, uh-uh, uh uh-uh. it's, it's keep doing it. let's do it again because he's not right too so he's perfect here he can hear even when I change my position of my 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 arm if if I go like that he'll go uh-uh go there how do you see me like <laughs> he he can see because this is the pr- proper position and that's that particular tone of the violin like he gotta go like that it's very uncomfortable especially for a kid <laughs> uh, and, and if I want to relax he's uh-uh-uh so I had a perfect pitch, perfect, you know, training and stuff. So imagine <laughs> how much I'm getting bothered by this not in tune guitaric. Like oh. And <laughs> <sighs> boy, so the flute player, which I also play flute uh, in uh, college, I was second instrument. What you call it, minor, and I picked a flute because I just want to understand the wind, the wind instrument. I knew the the. Uh, string instruments, and then as a, a drummer, I became a drummer, the, the rock band. So, I uh, have knowledge of all these instruments, but I picked up the flute to understand winds and stuff. And so, uh, the flute, it has three parts, okay? And so you put it together, it has to be just right. Otherwise, you're either sharp or flat, above the pitch or below the pitch. Both are as bad, like Either way, so this gal stuck that flute like, that. and it's obviously nearly quarter tone above the pitch. You know how it drives you and say, please reposition this thing. And so like, I'm just going mad, right? But they don't notice any of that. And they're like, oh, so happy, they're so excited, like, Imagine like they're playing to a whole stadium. <laughs> There's so much excitement. I'm going, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and yet, I mean, please. Uh, all, all the repertoire was with three chords. That's all they knew. C, D, and G. They rotated that the whole night. <laughs> I'm going, could you stop and learn something? <laughs> Fix your tune. And why are you so happy? You're miserable. You should be crying, actually. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> But the weird thing is that I am miserable. They're happy. And I'm going, what is wrong with this picture? So when their concert, whatever, was over, they go, so how do you like it? I go, I don't know about your music, but whatever drug you're doing that makes you happy for no reason, I need that drug right now. Because I am miserable, and you should be, but I don't know what to do. It's going crazy. They're, of course, leading worship. They're worshiping the Lord. I didn't know what they were doing. I thought they were making a concert for me. <coughs> but the food solved the problem. So I ate, and I was leaving, and they go, oh, come over tomorrow. More music, more food. I says, man, if I have to be tortured by music just to eat, I guess I have to do it because the food was very good. <laughs> and I said, I don't think I'll go. I don't want to endure this whole thing. But Came 6 o'clock, my belly goes, forget your music, I want to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you have a voice inside yeah. that talks to you in, in, a, in a unique way. And it's part of you. And so I don't know what the point about this, about other than, other than God knows how to win you. He knows what bu- button to push, and when we're witnessing and sharing, remember it's not just words, but like you went around g- g- having hu- giving hugs. You know how important it is. Human beings are not made to to live to and to grow and to live without hugs. You realize that. So the body of Christ, uh, the Bible talks about holy hugs. You know, holy hands, holy kisses. This whole thing is an emotional. Uh, Part of our being, we need hugs, we need food, we need hugs. Uh, that's why when we praise Him, it's not just hallelujah, but hallelujah. You know, excitement, Emo- uh, emotion, uh, also affection. Um, in Psalms, if you read, especially the Amplified, I have, I have several translations. They're heavy. And I had 12 of them right with me, and they're like uh, bricks, you know, like heavy bricks. You should carry my bag, you see. But you should try to carry my wife's bag, because she's got 70 translations. She had 140 by now, but it started with around 70, and that suitcase was heavy. <laughs> and no software at the time, so now she's getting into the c- you know, software. Uh, but she still has translations that are not in the computer, so you have to carry these rare translations. So anyways, it says in Amplified, maybe the translation too, I think the Passion Translation some of that, but I'll praise you affectionately! Come on! Affectionately! Affection comes from right here, not so much uh, from the mind, so to speak, but from the heart. And God wants us to praise Him with the heart! (laughs) Yes, with the mind, but also with the heart! you know and experiencing him sort of like taste and see that the lord is good how do you know he's good he's tasty i've tasted it and that's beyond food it's it's experiencing put it that way experience that god is good and he satisfies the longing of the heart which is connected to your body and he conquers all of us, not just our spirit, but your soul and your body. The psalm says, my my, my body thirsts for you. Craves, you know. So there's a physical connection with God Is in a way that we His physical temple. Amen. Amen. We're physical Amen. temple. Like our bodies are a temple. So it's really important to to include all of your, uh, you know, being with with the Lord and ask Him to touch you, to heal you, because he, he he died died to heal your body yes, yes. and your soul, yes, yes. both. Yes. You know, and, and so take time for your body, take time for your soul, ask the Lord to minister to you physically, emotionally, spiritually, yes. in every way. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So, anyways, coming to this point where I started actually, I keep track, believe it or not, I, I remember, I started with my wife and what happened with me when I got married and how changes begin to happen like the Lord changed me a lot and I thought I was really changed and very good and doing well with the Lord but then I got married oh boy <laughs> all of a sudden more <coughs> changes were knocking on my door through my wife and I couldn't ignore it and probably others tried to change me before like discipleship and things but you know I went up to a point now I'm married and this gal, love her, she's wonderful, beautiful, but she had some habits that I thought were unhealthy. Like for instance, she shopped a lot, she liked to shop. And I'm going, okay, a little shopping, but w- what are you doing like you're buying another dress? Okay, you have four dresses in a wardrobe. Like in Bulgaria, you have one nice dress, that's it. Hallelujah, I have a nice pair of jeans, a nice dress, and it's Made it. She has four of them already, and then off she goes. Where'd you go? I'm uh, shopping, for what? <laughs> I bought this dress. Dress? <laughs> what, what what kind of dress? I said, look at it. I'm going, you already have four dresses, honey. <laughs> I'm looking at those dresses, and why you have another one? Oh, because this is an has uh, circles and this and that and green, and <laughs> the other one's are different. I'm going okay, whatever. Then. <laughs> Every time she goes out, now it's kind of like my money are being spent on something I don't think is necessary at all. <laughs> Ask me, you know. And so I'm starting to complain to God. I says Lord, we don't have that much money. We are missionaries. We have very small support, and this girl is going off and not quite, you know. So I'm complaining. But then comes offering time. You know, when you're married, you discuss what should we give, right, because it's a joint thing. So it comes offering time, and and I'm thinking, you know, like I'm a giver, like a hundred, like uh, tied 10%, not even think about it. It's just automatically from the support goes directly. And then offering, you're thinking, you know, what should we do? And I was somewhere between five and seven percent I'm kind of percentage guy, so I'm thinking, you know, five to seven percent. So like ten and five or seven, like a fifteen to seventeen percent of your income. And I'm thinking, man, that's pretty good, especially where it come from. Never giving nothing, and now I'm giving seventeen percent of my income. Whoa, I'm a generous dude, right? <laughs> I'm feeling good about myself, doing God's will, and <laughs> praise the Lord. And then it comes now, marriage. So it comes offering times. So I, I feel like. $20, wouldn't it be good today? And she goes, oh, I was thinking 50. Okay, 50, wow. Never given 50 in my life, you know. <laughs> Just like a step of faith, like, okay, 50. And then I'm going, Lord, I gotta get, you know, rise up here, I'm getting my faith worked up, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna suggest 50 next time. So offering comes, so honey, wha- what do you think? Uh, 50 oh no, I, th- I was thinking 100 a <laughs> hundred? My gosh, what is wrong with you? So and I didn't say that, I'm just thinking, right? And I'm complaining to God about the the spending. Now God goes, you know you're really complaining, but she, yeah, she's a shopper, not like you, but she's also a bigger giver than you. What are you going to do about that? Okay, so now I'm like, Comes next offering time, I, I give the checkbook to her. Okay, baby, you know what we want to give you. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> and so, because, you know, I feel stingy around her, and I'm tired of that. I don't like it, and, and God is, like, supporting her. And and so, okay. And, of course, she writes the check. You know old checks, do you have checks? They, they, they make a sound when when they, yeah. right? So I'm, she's writing the check and when the whit sound goes, it minor (laughs) heart stop because I don't see what she's doing. I wonder wonder what she's done because she doesn't keep, uh, uh, she doesn't follow the bottom line. She doesn't get that. If if we have only $200 and she does $200, she doesn't know what she's doing. Like she's, (laughs) she's doing this thing that irresponsible, if you ask me. But she just rips these checks, <laughs> <laughs> and and I started noticing something. Okay, we these poor missionaries with very limited income, all living by faith. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, money starts to come like unexpected. Uh, by the way, I, we wrote three of the song of the songs of. Did anybody heard of the music machine? Oh yeah. oh yeah. Anybody else? Music machine. Oh, okay, a few hands. Let's see if you remember this. Have patience, have patience, and be in such a hurry. When you get impatient, you only start to worry. Remember, remember that God is patient too, and think of all the times when others have to wait for you. Mm, mm, have patience. Like, yay, you remember? Well, I'm just like, wow, this was in '70s, y'all. Most of you weren't even born. And we were born again, and we were part of the Jesus music. The first, like we're talking about the Chuck Girard and Randy Stonehill, Larry Norman, Second Chapter of Acts, Barry Maguire, all these early, y'all, 70s, there was none of this on stages in no church. Only piano or organ maybe. That's it. And hymnal books. We were re- singing hymns, and the piano accompaniment and that was the worship leading. And like we're singing. That was it! All the way to mid-70s. You, if you ever played with drums, you have to bring it. There's no drums nowhere. In fact, some places, drums were not okay at all. Like, this is... So, this is, we're talking Reformation. Re- changing, there are substantial change. All of a sudden, drums come with it. Before, uh, you know, bef- like in the Bible actually God talks about drums, but we're not thinking like that traditionally. Now, all of a sudden we say he likes loud clashing symbols. we're actually demonstrating it. Because he likes loud clashing symbols. Heaven is loud, y'all. <laughs> I mean, if you think too loud here, you should see what's going to happen. You're not going to have earplugs. <laughs> maybe they give you some Holy Yin plugs or some sort of a... But, you know, loud. praises is so loud in heaven. God likes it loud. And when I mean loud, it's not ear-piercing as much as emotionally loud. Because loudness is like a power, volume. And loudness is makes you bold. <laughs> Loud, bold, comes together. In fact, uh, if you've learned a different Jewish way of, a uh, uh, Hebrew word of praises and worship and stuff, you realize there are seven ways of praising the Lord. One of which is waving hands. Kristen is from New York City, and she's been with us now for a year or something, and, and she is flagging, waving. Yay. Feel good? Yeah. (laughs) Somewhat stretching for her, coming from her background. She was in a put mountain of politics and government, and so on and so forth, and other things. Smart, smart gal. But now, she's just as smart, but now she's adding emotion to her praise. Mm -hmm. And it's not all comfortable right away. It's not like professional. It's just doing things like that. But it's part of praise. God likes waving hands. He likes flags. He likes, he likes, uh, uh, like when you spin around. That's halal praise. Have you heard of halal? Mm-hmm. Halal praise. It's a wild spinning. This is Hebrew. This is the culture that brought in Christianity, the culture that brought in Christ. Jewish culture. Wild and crazy. Yeah. woo <laughs> So, so some of you come from a hardcore Gentile culture, but, Guess what? God is taking away that yeah. Gentile face off of your face and... <laughs> yeah, we're serious believers. We're conservative. There's nothing conservative about God. God is wild, he could say, and crazy. What conservative thing has about somebody going naked on the cross for you? Talk to me about moderation. Everything is moderation. (laughs) There's nothing moderate about Jesus. He's an extreme, radical in love for you to save you. No moderate love it took to save you. No moderate joy was set ahead of him. Nothing moderate about what Pushed him and helped him endure the most unthinkable types of sufferings. Nothing more cruel, I guess, than, than the cross, uh, the, the crucified. Crucifixion is, is terrible death. You're basically causing yourself procrastination of your death by pushing in order to breathe. You know, I mean, all this plus nakedness. We think he was covered like the pictures. No, he was not. He's naked, and he wasn't some far away on the cross uh, on a hill. Calvary is on a level of the street with just about only this much. They put these things that on the crosses. So you're only like this high, really, from the street. If you come with us in Israel, you see exactly the that They will line up these murderers and so forth. They, they make them accessible for people to spit on them and, and just because that's part of the punishment. Yeah. It's not far away, right there. Nothing moderate, nothing balanced about that. He's a radical lover. God, Jesus, you see me, you see the Father, the God the Father is crucifying himself through Christ. Showing you how radical he is about loving you. Woo. So don't give me that. I'm serious about God. Okay, if you're serious about God, you should be serious about joy. (laughs) I take joy seriously. You should too. (laughs) Amen. Because he was, talk about serious joy. That's what drove him to the cross, the joy. Serious joy about getting you and me saved. That's a serious joy. That makes you go through the hard times. And often we go through these hard times. Overcoming issues but then helping others. Because it's not easy to witness to someone is looking it in your face like, What is wrong with you? Don't talk to me. Don't give me that Jesus stuff. Like you know, well that's rejection. That's you, or, or even worse things and you know, abuses and stuff like that. And here you're a believer and you love him and forgive him and stuff and they you know. So those are the things that help us that that challenges but what makes us overcome and gives us endurance is this joy that someday that person gonna join you. Someday that person gonna be praising the Lord and, and accepting Jesus. So that takes sufferings. That Paul talks about continuing in, in like a make uh, the adding to the suffering that was lacking. Uh not that Jesus lacked any He He completed the job, but then how do you give it to the next generation? How do you, you know, example it and demonstrate it, you know, when they don't want it? Remember, the darkness around, Jesus brought the light, and now the first disciples uh, are, are impacted by this light. Now they're becoming the light. John, mm-hmm. the disciple, was first. He was most closest to Jesus. Remember, he was affectionate fellow, he was just not on the table next to Jesus, but he was holding on to Jesus, he was leaning on Jesus, yeah. not all lean on Jesus, <laughs> well, do I have to lean? No, you don't have to, but if you feel like it, <laughs> go for it, <laughs> because like, it's not like the least I can do, well, the guy is like hungry for God, and, and he found this source of love, my goodness. Jesus, next to you, what are you gonna do? Uh, Well, Jesus, you know, I respect you, praise the Lord, you know. No, you're gonna love on him, you're gonna, I I know I'm gonna jump, I'm gonna (laughs) hold on to him, (laughs) (laughs) and his feet, or neck, or whatever. There's an affection available, and I'm telling you, don't ignore your affection, your your affection, you need affection. Children could not grow healthy without this hugging. Right here is where you raise a child. Yeah. Yeah. Not just, you know, behave, but holding the kid. Yeah. That, his, his, their bodies get to the understand, they feel yeah. it. <laughs> and that's what moms and dads do. <laughs> we just not just feed them, but we hug them. Yeah. That's affectionate that need, destiny. And it's proven over and over that. People who go off in uh, immorality and sexu- uh, homosexuality and all this, it's lacking of m- mom hugs or dad hugs. Yeah. Lacking of that. Orphans. How do orphan? Wh- what is an orphan spirit? Yeah. Needing spirit because that child has not been hugged. Hardly fed. This is the kids that arrive to our hands or, we, or through rescuing. They don't let you hug them right away because they are scared. They've been always hugged in a wrong way. They've, the, the touches have been abusive. So not right away. They, they don't know you. They don't trust you. you know. And so when we come with this, <laughs> we love you. They're like, they're like, but the kids that are there that have been touched and loved properly, they're like helping them, the other ones too, to, to, to let you hug them. And once you hug them a couple times, next day, next time they run. Yeah. Why? Cause they crave it. They, they need every yeah. child needs it. Yeah. Listen, uh, uh, spiritual same way. Uh, God doesn't call Himself. I'm God. You'll stay away. Right there, no more. No, He says, I'm a dad. Yes. Yeah. Dads don't stay high. They come, if anything, down the floor with the kids. Amen. Good dad. Yeah. Right. They come off work, they're like, oh, exhausted. Don't bother <laughs> me. And just clap on the couch. No, good dads, save some energy yeah. for the kids. Drop your exhaustion on the porch. And when you get in the house, they, they, they save some energy for the kids because they know the kids need you to get down and play with them. Amen? Amen. That's frolicking playing with kids, like the word is frolicking. Guess what? Guess, who f- guess where there's a word frolicking in the Bible? You know where? David, frolicked with God before the ark. The word is not uh, 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 playing, you know, it says play. David played before the ark. It was not a guitar play. <laughs> it was playing like a kid plays with his father. The Hebrew word, it's Mitzah. Mitzah. Itz. Mitzak. Itzak. Itzak is Isaac. Isaac is laughter, rejoicing. So it's laughing and rejoicing, but with a Mitzak in front of it becomes frolicking. Wow. Whoa. And if you ask me, there's frolicking wow. spirit on this guy. <laughs> I mean, it's like. Is joyous and very childlike in the truck all the way here. (laughs) Yeah, his face, you know, and and you think, oh, he's a silly guy from, you know, the ice cream shop. No, he's been (laughs) through intense suffering, uh, death so close, and yet said, no, I'm, you know, I mean, that is not a cheap. Joy, what I'm trying to say. It's not just light, frivolous, cheap. We think like that because joy is kind of taken that way. But that's a religious, no-good attitude. Don't let it, you know, control you by saying, Oh, be serious. This is church and be a serious believer. (laughs) No, no, no. That is (laughs) flat-out religious backsliding. Okay. No, I... (laughs) I don't mean to, you know, put some sort of condemnation you, because you probably grew up without this kind of a treatment. But God is a, is, a, is a different God. He's a different dad. He's not like your dad. Maybe your dad was okay. Maybe he wasn't. doesn't even matter. I didn't have a dad. So it doesn't matter. God says, I'm going to be your daddy. Yeah. And I want to get you to understand what real dads do. So th- This is why I learned about frolicking and about joyfulness and about happiness happiness is not just feeling good happiness and joy comes from the happiness of god god is a happy he's happy with you because he 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 gave you a new birth you could not get yourself born again i don't care how much you strive no no different than a child, a baby doesn't strive to get out. Moms do that. <laughs> Babies don't do nothing. It's not like, okay, mom, don't worry about nothing. I'm gonna push, I'm gonna breathe. You just sit there, I'll do the work, you know. <laughs> leave it up to me. I know how to do it. <laughs> no, no baby does that. Come on. Right? Spiritual is the same way. If anything, you're fighting. You're not cooperating, you're fighting. I was, I was fighting him. I, I, I found every fault, something that was wrong with these guys. <laughs> Except the food was great. <laughs> all right. But, you know, I, I resisted. Didn't trust, whatever. Uh, it, it doesn't even matter why you're resisting and why you're fighting, it doesn't matter at all. The point is, you cannot save yourself, yeah. right. even if you try. You cannot do it. Take somebody bigger than you, bigger than your problems, bigger than your deadness. Yeah. We were born dead, the Bible says. While we were dead, Ephesians chapter 2. While we were dead. Say dead. dead. It doesn't get much worse than that. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's about as low as it can get. Dead, like, <laughs> flat. Like, er. Spiritually, we were all in that condition. And he just go, boom, boom. He res- he, he he puts life in us. Yeah. And it's through his energy, through his force, through his sacri- sacrifice, through his loving. And he infuses you with supernatural life that you don't have on your own. And he resuscitates us from this dead Adam. You know, when, when Adam, you know, turned away from God, he fell into this grave, you could say. He didn't die physically, but but God says you're going to die. The day you eat, the, the way you do what I'm telling you. Don't do, you're going to die. Well, he didn't die. In fact, he lived, what, 900 some years, but he spiritually died. Death, what does death do? Separate you. Death brings <laughs> separation. You no longer exist to this realm. What was that song you saying about death complete or okay. the cross? The cross. Has the final word. What about the cross? The finality of the cross. Is he pronounces the end of your deadness. In other words. He took your death in mine. And that was his cross. He put himself through it. To, to end its stronghold. Its control over you and me. So this. The final, the finality of the cross is, and then the grave. By the way, it's not just the cross; it, it, it had to be buried. But yeah. Once, because like, if you're in the cross and you're not breathing, then if they take you out and just leave it, you might walk up and some, you might get resuscitated somehow. But if you're in the grave, especially after three days, dead man, <laughs> nobody, nobody comes alive. Out of being buried after three, nobody. Yeah. And that's what he did. Of course, he was raised from the dead. But the finality of the cross and the grave is so important. To, to, reckon ourselves also dead uh, to sin and alive to God. When we say sin, we're not meaning immediately. You know, behavior. The word sin in this sense in Romans used like 15 times and and 14 out of the 15 is then used the word as a noun there's two words for sin noun noun and verb noun is what a a a thing a place or a a person but verb is an action right so there's uh, two different things am i okay grammatically right right noun is a thing not is not something, you, noun is not something you do. Verb is something you do. So when he says dead to sin, it's not dead to what you're doing because they'll follow. The verb, the action will follow. First, got to realize the identity, yes. the noun of wh- who you are, of what is it. He, Paul treats, uh, 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 explains sin differently in a new way to, to see it's not just things you do, but what you are. Because Adam became dead to God, separated, rejected, and a whole other messed up identity. And first God wanted to restore his identity. Now you're belonging to me. Now you're going to be n- no longer a, s- a sinner, rotten to the core, separated from me, doing your thing, independent, punk, basically. <laughs> That's what I was. But now you're going to become my son. I'm going to show you my daddy's love. I'm going to re-raise you. Mm-hmm. So when, when he says reconcile death to sin, it doesn't mean you're going to change everything you're doing. Your marriage will do. <laughs> changes. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I mean, we get born again. Even if you're single, God, it, we're married to him. So God as a bridegroom changes us, you know. But nothing like your wife (laughs) helping. (laughs) (laughs) And now I laughed. But at the time, I wasn't feeling good with my wife's uh, differences. Like, my thought was, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Don't you see your ways are wrong and mine are right, right? Don't you get it? (laughs) And this was my attitude for quite a while. Almost got divorced thinking, I'm right, she's wrong. And God just broke through. For me, through a circumstances that were like inevitable, like I, like in your face, like she was solely backslidden at one point, which proved how right I am and how wrong she is. But when when the revival hit, 90s, yeah. in the 90s, she came alive. Whoa, Sup- surprisingly, like shockingly. Like I was hoping she will start going to church with me because she quit going to church. She didn't just go to church. She became on fire for God. She was now challenging my spirituality. Like next to her, I I looked like I'm backslidden because she's on fire. Like, whoa, (laughs) praise the Lord. And she's like, wow, she's a radical. The ministry would not have been a global celebration at all, what we are today, if it wasn't of the radical transformation that she experienced basically getting Jesus back and she became on fire and the partnership that we are what we are because of the partnership of the two you know because she brought up all kinds of all kinds of issues money again she brought the money issue I thought again you know I mean I'm breaking through and I'm becoming a really good giver nearly matching her amount and then she kind of went off and I was the, the, the giver, like, because she doesn't even go to church every Sunday. I was faithful. And I'd be writing these tithe checks and these offering checks. And then she comes on fire for God, and she says, oh, like, I'm going to start going with you now. I won't miss a single service, whether we go to church or whether you have a service, because she quit going on my my uh, meetings. I mean, I was like a really miserable evangelist because even my own wife wasn't coming <laughs> to my meetings. Like I was like struggling. And and she now says, I'm not gonna miss single service. We go together, I travel with you, and not letting you alone. I'm going with you. I don't wanna miss anything because like I get it. I, I just want all of Jesus. And And what about our daughter? I mean, she goes to school. We're taking her to school. We're going together as a family. I go, wow. Never even prayed about that. I just prayed that she go to church with me to show face to everybody that my marriage is okay. No. No. She says, I'm going. (laughs) I'm being honest. I can laugh, but believe me, I was miserable. I didn't want any of you to know how depressing my married life was because it's embarrassing and that's the only reason I wasn't divorced because of the embarrassment and you know both are miserable but at least it's not public whoa and now she's going with me everywhere I go wow that is good except I'm thinking whoa because she has a great job secular job she works for perfume industry making big money And so her income, mine, hers is bigger. So I'm going, wait, what'd you say you're going with me? Okay, uh, do you mean you're gonna quit your job? Of course, I'm quitting everything. I'm going with you. (laughs) We're going together. (laughs) I'm going, uh, uh, like, hold it, baby. uh, Let's just think this through here. (laughs) Like, you have a big salary. I didn't say that. Again, I'm thinking, right? I'm just like, oh, but I'm thinking, wait. Okay, so big income, no, no more now yeah. if she does that. Then uh, instead of one ticket, I have to believe for three. Like more expenses, less income, more expenses. So I'm going, whoa, this revival is costly. Like, whoa, I wasn't quite, <laughs> not, not so fast. Like, wait, wait, let's rethink this. What are you talking about? Like this, you know, because I'm budget man. I think about that. Not sh- she's not a budget girl at all. And and I'm thinking, whoa, oh, Lord. And then she says this to me. Okay, I don't normally s- say these things. You're family, so I'm just <laughs> sharing personal testimony. Is it live on the internet? Uh-oh, that's anyways. I don't care, it's, not it's not part not of not the not testimony. Not that's okay, part of the testimony. It's all for the Lord, because I'm over all these insecurities. I believe. <laughs> I mean, you never know. Another challenge may come. He does. He, she now and then pushes another button. But anyways, um, so, I, 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 and then she comes up with this. She says, uh, baby, you know, um, I'm thinking about the money because we, we're going to need a lot more money for do all this. And I go, got that right. I was just thinking about that. So she says, well, I know how we're going to make more money. I go, please. Give me, what are you thinking, how do how you think we're going to do it?" She says, we're going to give more. <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you, are you saying that I'm not a big giver? Like I give, okay? In fact, look who's been giving around here for the last seven years, me, not you. You don't even go to church, get the, the checks come from <laughs> my book. I write the checks for the family. Again, I'm just arguing my mind. I'm listening to her. I'm going, God, this is radical. And and the Lord speaks to me from above like this. Here's me. Here's her. I remember the spot. I remember the wind. I mean, everything about that spot that we, we're discussing is in my memory. And like, a, like the wind came. And I see two roads. Here's my road with my this and that, and here is this other road with my wife together. This is cheaper, this is a lot more expensive, a lot more uh, risky or whatever. It's just like a radical. And the Lord says, what are you going to do? I'm going, oh, of course we're going to give more. I mean, I was just thinking, yes, uh, you're right, baby. (laughs) We should be giving a lot more. Because God. Because yeah. see, she was dead in in that respect of marriage. She was backslidden, and 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 he brought her. Don't miss this. Don't blow that. And I go, okay, we're gonna give more. We immediately double. If we were like. 17 20 percent, we went 40 percent overnight out of the amount of giving overnight she insisted that that you know plus it's just a regular game plus we're going to Bulgaria within two months later it was my mission trip I, I usually go along because she doesn't want to deal with that she's just staying home you you be the missionary she's joining me and she goes to the bank to get because we get cash to you know to give. And she says she comes home. It's embarrassing bringing two thousand dollars for Bulgaria, (sighs) because I instructed her to go and do that. She says (coughs) we gotta do a lot better than that. Okay, get some more then, because to me, on top of everything, cash is is a pretty good amount, you know. And I'm helping the gypsy and this and that. But then my daughter comes. Another pressure comes from her now. My wife and then my daughter. So I'm between two fires. Because my (laughs) daughter is like, Daddy, you know, because we go into this big gypsy neighborhood we love on them, and minister and so forth. And then we go to this nice restaurant. And so in the nice restaurant, my daughter is talking to me, Daddy, this is not good that we're eating this good food and the gypsy has nothing to eat or just garbage practically. I go... Well, what do you want me to do, Yana? I mean, we're talking 5,000 people. Just feed them, Dad. Let's just feed them. We eat. They got to eat. I go, okay, <laughs> feed them. <laughs> do you understand how to feed two 5,000 people? Do you know what it's talking about? Yeah. Just think about the pots needed. <laughs> it's like th- what they like is their favorite food is uh, lamb stew, like fat sheep stew, uh, I guess you call it. The the fatter the better. They like these fat old sheep. They they slaughter them, and they cook them. Actually, it's a it's a biblical meal called korban. I don't know if you heard that term. Jesus used that uh, sacrifice to the Lord. A, a korban priest eat that food fat. So it's unto the Lord. So five thousand people at the time nowadays is close to ten thousand because the is growing. I mean, think about how many pots. I need it to cook, stew for 5000 huh. I mean, we have to borrow from half the country, bring pots, rent pots. We start buying them after a while, because I- he spends so much money on these pots never mind the sheep they did buy a whole herd of sheep it's not like two sheep <laughs> 20 30 like you have to buy a whole herd the first slaughtering was happening inside the church it was a similar size building maybe even a little smaller and and because the the neighborhood is so dirty garbage dump practically in slums you know everywhere trash and and so in order to get the meal they brought the herd inside the church overnight so here's this herd of sheep, then the watermelons, the whole pile, because they like watermelons. <laughs> Boy, watermelons. And so here's the watermelons, here's the sheep, the drums are here, and they start slaughtering them because it's the most cleanest place for, for making food. So they, all night, they slaughter sheep, hanging them on, blood everywhere, dru- the drums had blood, the cymbals, i never forget, the cymbals had quartz of blood. Because it's all crowded, you know. And I'm going. Wow, what's going on? A truckload takes a huge truck with wood in order to cook for so much. Do you understand the, what it takes? And it's all from my little girl. She she spoke it in. Well, let's feed him, Daddy. <laughs> oh boy. It's in one meal. <laughs> We're not talking supporting. You. Oh God. Women, what's with you girls? <laughs> like, I mean. It's in the Bible. It can't avoid it because all these women are supporting Jesus. What's up with us, guys? Now, one guy mentioned, okay, here, Jesus, I'm supporting you. Except one boy, which counts. It's still male, okay? A boy with lunch. Whew, at least we have one boy <laughs> offering his lunch, but it's women. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We're changing together. Amen. We're generous now. We're not stingy anymore. And you certainly are one of the most generous churches I know. And I just want to thank you and commend you for that before the Lord. And and for the size church you are, the 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 giving is beside the support and the love and the prayers and coming mission trips with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Ah, so I don't know if. If I said anything to encourage you, I hope I said so, but <laughs> I'm just basically giving some stories yeah. of how touched I am and how much you're joining. It's not just too crazy, <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's real. Yeah. Yeah. And God together, he, He's restored our marriage. We married this year going on 41st year. We've been married 40 years. Supernatural marriage, I've got to tell you that. He brought these changes, God brought these changes. And not just, you know, save us from divorce, but we're still happy, we're happy, really. Even though we're still fighting sometime in disagreement, but we're not fighting like we used to. We used to, you know, <laughs> stab, no longer. Now we're too drunk to to be that good at fighting. (laughs) You know, when you're drunk in some sort of wine or something, you're not quite sharp, you know. Kind (laughs) of like. And that's spiritually the same way. We miss a little bit. And we finally quit because we can't can't fight well. It's like it's useless. It's like it's not achieving what I really. Because I don't want to fight her. Now I'm saying, Lord, I see you in my wife. I don't want to fight you. I was not seeing that before. Now I see Christ inside me, inside her, we see Christ, we see Jesus inside the body of Christ. That's what makes us crazy happy. You know how good it feels to be among you, like wonderful, it's motivating and it keeps us young and keeps us energetic because love is... You know, love energizes. Amen. Love is energe- energetic. It says, "What works is faith, energized by love." That word is used in, in amplified. Amplified. By the way, it's it's one of my favorite Bibles. I have. That was the most favorite. Then then, the uh, message came along, became the next favorite, and then finally the the passion. Now, I think I have a few passion books there, uh, Book of Romans, uh, Gr- Grace, Grace and Glory and, and Passion. He actually, Dr. Simmons, invited us to participate in editing the Book of Romans. So we added our revelations. Two times we re-edited. You see that co-crucified, you see co-buried, we see um, the terminology uh, he, he took from our, because this is what we are into, all the time. We we read the book of Romans. and I mean, there's two books that changed the world. Whoop the Reformation. Romans and Galatians. Luther was married to Galatians, he actually called it his bride, like his like his uh Catherine von Grad or whatever her name was, but he says, This is my Catherine. This is my, I was wed to it. I'm, I'm like I'm married to my wife. I'm married to the book of Galatians. And I got the revelation of the identity of Romans. These two books. And we've just been into these two books. For uh, w- love Note is really Romans 6, 7, 8. Most specifically, Luther was made this whole Reformation based on Romans 3, 4, and 5, the justified, the just shall live by faith. You know what just just means, like, uh, what's the, the legal word, acquittal, acquittal. Justified means acquittal, only judge can say that, a lawyer cannot do that. It takes a judge to pronounce you not guilty or acquitted, acquittal. Now it doesn't mean you're changed it means that you are not going to be punished. So you can go free, and of course it takes sanctification sanctification to change you. But justification at least protects you from judgment, protects you from punishment. Justified. It's a legal term. Did you know that? The legal term. Using courts. That's what Romans 3, 4, and 5 proved. And he stood, this is a young Catholic monk in his late 20s, and he proved that to the whole world, so to speak, and he stood against the pressure of uh, this entire Catholic Church and leaders, I mean, he says, if you don't, they say, if you don't recount, if you don't back off and, and you know, say you don't believe this, if you don't this, the, the, the recount, we're gonna excommunicate from the Church. He says, it's. and then the, the the German king says, if, if the Church excommunicates you, I'm gonna excommunicate, so to speak, from the law, so you become Outlaw. Anybody can kill. You. No, I'm not going to punish you. Anybody for killing you. So you're on your own. He says, "You don't know, understand that it's worth dying thousand deaths, not one, for this. You know the revelation of being justified before God by grace as a gift. Yeah. All needed is to receive it as a f- as a f- f- like childlike faith." You don't even have to struggle, uh, you know, pressure yourself because even the faith that it, it takes to believe it, I'll give it to you as a gift as well. Mm, my gosh. Even the faith that it takes is a gift. You can't lose. If you don't have faith, no worries. As long as somebody does that likes you, <laughs> he will give it to you. Because faith comes, brothers and sisters, exactly when you don't have it, it, faith has little legs, whoop, it comes inside your ear, because faith comes through sound, Whoo, who, 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 sound waves. They carry faith through sound wave, through hearing. You hear it through the sound wave from a source, from a someone, it's not just his voice, but who believes. So, faith is mixed with the sound in their voice and and it comes, arrives to you through hearing. Really important. It's not the end, it's the beginning. But in a way it's the end, meaning that He's the author and the finisher of our faith and all along the way He's helping you, supporting you, saying, I believe in you. That's my faith in you. That's how God through Jesus he communicates how much he believes in you. Woo! That's good news, man! Yeah, yeah. Because you can't lose, the devil cannot um, cannot block uh, the Chris- Christianity because Christianity is, is transmitted. It's, it's, it, it's given to the next generation by the saints They have it and they've given it to us and we give it to the next generation and that's how it goes. These young people are hearing something is coming into the ears. And as I said, it's not just to the mind, but to the hearts and accord with, with hugs and protection and love and food and all these components, it comes. Fate comes. Woo. And they're the next generation rising. And what we brought them to, now they're starting there. Like a ceiling is the floor. So they start. So what we're doing is we're God is pushing heaven in on earth through us, constantly more. This, this uh, revelation in six and seven and eight was not clear in the Reformation. till this day, those who are only in the reformed thinking don't get the, the power of six and seven. And eight, of course, you can't go into the eight without that clear. Definition of six, that we are in Christ made dead to sin, in Christ. And we need to stand with it, whether you understand it, whether you know how to explain it, it doesn't doesn't matter. You don't need to explain nothing. Nothing in the Word needs to be explained. We are not called the explainers. What are you part of? Well, I'm part of the church of the explainers. (laughs) We explain everything. No, you're not called to be explainers. We're called to be believers. Yes. Believers do not have to explain. Believers receive it yeah. as a gift yeah. first. Yeah. Then you're operating with that gift. Then you're believing with the faith that is being given to you. Do you understand that? Because faith, l- like sin is, is as a noun, faith is also a noun. So it's a thing. Right? Does that make sense? Yep, yep. little grammar stuff here. But there's <laughs> a difference. Faith is not something that you do. Hello. <laughs> Faith first is a gift, is a thing, it's a substance. Faith is a substance for things hoped for. It's something. And if you... Um, if you log on to my, if you, what do you call, follow me in my Facebook, particularly George and Winnie Banoff, I talk about that. Eventually we're gonna have a course, uh, what do you call those? Online courses, uh, Make of it. we're building now, all the materials, so we're gonna have it available. If you could come to our school or some of our conferences or mission trips, you you, you get it, you start to get because we just, we're just pumping it. we just. My wife preaches in those buses, man. She's like a machine. <laughs> she just, like I sit and sometimes I fall asleep or rest because like it's intense. But she just never quits. Get that bus. Give me that microphone, yeah. and I'll teach you everything. <laughs> like up to six hours in a row. She makes these trips from Bangkok to. To uh, Cambodia to Siem Reap, That's a six-hour journey. Never stop preaching. Uh, I fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. And she goes, Oh, if you if you're tired of my preaching, just fall asleep. I don't care. Put the earplugs if you don't want to listen to me because you're stuck now. Like you with the <laughs> th- there's no another bus. So she understands it. So go ahead, put your music on. And but I'm gonna teach. I'm gonna preach the gospel. And she's like doing it for God. Of course, for people, right? Yeah. That's that's what is is going on. Yeah. So anyway, that's why we're deciding. That if you can't come to New York, this is a New York school here. Yeah. Oh. Kristen, yeah, come to
0: New York. Come come to New York and go to school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll find a couch for you. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> New York is very hospitable.
0: Yeah, I was very excited to be in Indiana and see cows this morning. It was amazing. Are
1: you sleeping in that couch?
0: No, they have uh, beds because they have space in the rest of America.
1: Ah. (laughs) (laughs) And how would you say this school is? We're
0: believing for space in New York. Oh, how is it affecting me? Um, I feel like we are, in one way, we think a lot in New York, right? And we are stuck in that explaining mode all the time. And I feel like the school and the mission trip that I went on, and I'm coming to Israel in the spring, it has really taught me. That that love and that joy is real and it can't fake it. And in a city where everyone is working so hard all the time to get somewhere and go somewhere, it is arresting seeing that joy that's real and that love that is real and the overflow of it to give to other people because you can't buy that and you can't work for it and you can't get a promotion into that. Um, wow. And so yeah, I'm I'm really grateful for the school. It's still you just kind of soak it in and then you suddenly realize you're different and you yeah. Yeah. So. Jehovah sneaky a little bit. Yeah. Jehovah sneaky. sneaky is real. So that's just a couple months of it, and it just I think differently about myself. Wow. I think differently about other people, and um, yeah, it's it's amazing. So. so you uh, I yeah, very fully recommend it. Listen to this message until it is inside of you, and you can give it away to other people. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah, it's so good. Thank you, George. Awesome. Thank yeah. you.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm so proud of her, and there she is. And she was, as I said, from some of the government mountains in the past, and and recently the Lord encouraged us to uh, do something to the government mountain, and we did this gala. I've never done anything. My kid, whole stretching me, stretching my wife. I get to stretch my wife. Come on. <laughs> She's going, baby. Are you sure you this cost a lot of money? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> That's why I used to think about you. Now you're going, whoa! <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I've gone crazy because my wife pushed me over the edge. <laughs> she didn't. Yeah, and so, anyways, I want to bless your marriages. I want to bless your uh, marriage with the Lord. There's no uh, singles in as far as in the body of Christ. We're all married to Jesus or, or married if you're married to as well. So all that is a married life, and that's why this uh, whole Romans 6, 7, and 8, uh, by the way, I just sold out completely yesterday, I'm so sorry, I had a whole stack, uh, but we'll I- if anybody's interested, we'll ship it, we'll ship it for the next week or whatever, you have it. Uh, if you really want to understand the identity, Romans 6, 7, and 8, we have a thorough, this is a 20 years of work, 20 years of daily studying And talking with each other, we're not just thinking, but we're talking with each other, discussing it. And so that's why it's called Essential Guide to Your Marriage Union with Christ. Okay, so Galatians will be next. So anyways, um, can I pray for you that God will just uh, release all that He paid for in you, for you and through you, for your spouse, for your children, and for your friends. So I just want you to stand up and just just receive right now. I realize time is gone, and uh, I don't have a watch. So, but uh, there's always tonight, S- 6 o'clock or? 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. 12.30, so, okay. We d- okay. So thank you, Lord, for this time. Yes. Everybody just kind of uh, open your hands, kind of like a g- like receiving a gift, like a children receiving a gift, yeah, uh, on Christmas or any time, birthday, whatever. So Lord, just as children, we come together, small and big. We're all your children, different ages and different size, but we're all your children. And so like we step into a child, child, childlike nature with you and we remain your beloved children just as so many families are here holding their babies holding their children in loving embrace in the same way we're in your embrace right now through the Holy Spirit so Lord the Holy Spirit we ask you to to just take, hug us tightly the way you only can do we don't just want to speak with other tongues and just to heal people and just to prophesy, oh this is so good. But we want even deeper sense of experiencing mm-hmm. your love and your joy yes. for us as your children. <laughs> Father, just turn up the turn up the dial on this. Mm-hmm. Let us just yes. experience in a deeper way greater way more Lord just say more Lord step step into ju- it, it's just not really a forceful step as much as like l- letting yourself flow in the, that stream that river it's really like oil coming it's really like oil coming that joy my brothers and sisters is is like like a oil of gladness that's what I'm talking about this was given to the Lord Jesus by the Father upon completion the, the mission. The mission of saving us. Woo, the completion and, and the Father says, well done my son. You have, you have hated evil and you have loved righteousness so well so much to give my righteousness into the, the people who I created for my glory. Everything that happened in, in a garden, you are now fixing. And you're empowering and available to them to feel my father's love. To feel my father's joy of having children. Yes. So I just pray and empower. There's an impartation going on. Right now.
0: Thank you for listening to this message. You